Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Matty, Michael this afternoon, uh, coming on after another lovely, depressing Flames loss. Calgary drops a 5-1 decision to the lowly Ottawa Senators. And at this point, do we even say the lowly Ottawa Senators, or do we say the lowly Flames were beaten by the upstart Ottawa Senators? Uh, Matty. What's going on in Calgary? Do we ask this question a lot? I feel like maybe we should start every podcast with that. What's going on with Calgary, Maddie? Just everything is bad. <laughs> everything is bad. I like it. Succinct and to the point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think, unfortunately, they're at this point where everything's snowballing. Just every bad thing seems to compound on itself. And... I'm sure we'll be talking about this quite a bit here. Uh, something big has to happen to snap them out of it. I I don't know if they're at a point where they can work their way out of whatever funk they're in. They're just in too deep at this point, unfortunately. Now, Michael, um, I mentioned something in the, the thread the other night, last night after the game, that it would be almost a perfect scenario if they would lose to Ottawa again on Thursday and then just get absolutely blown out by the Oilers on Saturday. And then maybe something would happen. Maybe, you know, being embarrassed by Ottawa and then being doubly embarrassed by your your biggest rival, maybe that would give somebody a kick in the pants? Maybe? No? Well, yeah, it, it would. But, again, we have to remember that the Flames aren't bad. They're mediocre, which I would say is almost worse because now we can fully expect them to come out against Ottawa and, like, play a really good game and then maybe do the same against the Oilers one game and then get killed the other, like, I mean, it's one thing to be a bad hockey team, and, like, we've had a lot of teams in Calgary over the years that are just straight-up bad, but the fact this team shows enough every now and then where it's like they could put it together and they could get going is almost worse because at this point we don't know what to do. We don't know to tear it down. We don't know to kind of give it some more time. We don't know if they're going to, like, need some more – if they get, like, a little win streak, like, they'll turn around. It's just – it's mediocre that's even more painful than just having a bad team right now. Now, last night, watching the the pregame, was there anything that summed up the Flames' 2021 season more than, was it Riddick and Lucic colliding, then Anderson and, was it Nordstrom, they collided and knocked each other down, and then Johnny Gaudreau flips a backhand shot at the net and hits a helmetless Sean Monaghan in the face. I mean, it doesn't get any more flamesy than that, does it, Michael? And by the way, sorry, we should, yeah, we, should let, we should we should give credit to Noah there on Twitter because Flamesy is his thing. He has totally termed that his word. So, Noah, we're stealing your word Flamesy for the day. Go, Michael. Yeah, it, it, it's just one of those things where I didn't even really realize or, like, hear about too much until, like, midway through the game. But it's like, yeah, that's just, that seems about right for the Flames this year. Like, I'm surprised Sean Monaghan didn't lose, like, a few teeth and, like, have a concussion or something. Like, that would have just been perfect for how everything is going to but at the same time you know just a bad warmth that you can laugh at instead of like again being a really bad warmth again just more mediocrity like they can't have that bad of a warmth where people get hurt it's just 
horrible but not terrible. It's it's I, I can't do it. I, they're just too mediocre at everything they do. So they lose last night five to one. They've now scored one goal in their last seven losses, which to me just seems absolutely unheard of. Like you'd figure you'd get some sort of luck. Um, Maddie, what are you seeing when you watch the Flames? Is it just a lack of energy? Do they just not care? Or they're just not as talented? What, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think we overrated the talent necessarily. Um, I do think they still have the pieces there where they could be effective if they were like playing a better system or just executing. But I, I do think there's something to be said for when nothing is going right for you, you get a little beaten down and it's hard to snap out of that. And I think, I think that's a big part of what we're seeing. It just seems preposterous to me that you would lose seven games and you only score one goal. Like it would seem like one of those games you would lose four to three or you would lose three to two. You'd have some sort of luck, but literally last seven losses, one goal scored in each loss. That to me just is, that doesn't make any sense. And they look good in the semi-decent in the first period. I had to backtrack. They didn't look good. They looked better than they had. I mean, passable. Passable, exactly. I mean, they had, what, 11 shots or something at the end of the first period, which for the Flames is a minor miracle to have 11 shots at the end of period. You know, didn't have a lead, you know, okay, whatever. But, hey, at least we had more shots than the other team. But um, it just seems like it's weird that they can come out and play so well on Saturday and look so good. Like, the top the top players had 11 combined points in that game, which is insanity between Goudreau, Backlund, Monaghan, Kachuk. Um, you know, they... They played great hockey that day. And then last night comes around and they lay a complete egg. I mean, the first two goals I don't put on Riddick, the third one where he directly passed it to Ottawa, that's on you. Um, And Michael, you had mentioned it was probably going to be tough for him to recover because he does such a good job of brushing off simple mistakes. Um, You know, Michael, I I don't understand the difference between Saturday and Monday. Do you? Um. All I can really say is that it just, as soon as this team falls behind, it seems like it's going to be impossible for them to dig out of a hole. But I will give them some credit. They did have some fight in the third, and, like, they probably had a handful of, like, really good chances that Matt Murray suddenly remembered, like, he used to be a good goalie and made some amazing saves. Like, if they had made it a 3-2 game midway through the third, I thought they would have had a chance. But, like, once uh, once those, like, made those few huge saves and they made it 4-1 on the internet, like, it was just, you could tell they were done at that point. But, um, I don't know, I wasn't quite as down on them just because they did have some chances, but at the same time, they were giving up way too many mistakes defensively to really even say they had an actual chance to win the game. Yeah, I mean, they even had that moment where Lucic scored a goal and it looked like, oh, maybe that'll give them the momentum to get right back in. And as the Flames have done many times this season, get a goal, get some momentum, give that goal right back. Um, Lucic was very uh, adamant in his post-game press conference last night of defending his head coach. And I get that. They've been together for a while. And as players, you're never going to throw your coach under the bus unless you're absolutely the worst player in the history of said sport. Um, Most players will back their coach or maybe, you know, on the side, you rip them. But uh, Lucic kind of went off and put it all on the players. I mean, Lucic showed me more last night almost as a captain with captain material with the way he played. And he's been one of their better players in this, probably the last three to five games. Um, Maddie, what's like, why aren't the flames actual leaders coming out and talking? Cause I feel like Lucic finally said something that wasn't scripted, you know, the usual 
we have to work harder. We have to support each other as a team. He just went off and lost it. Um, what do you think? I have a really hard time with that, to be completely honest. Like, I never feel super comfortable judging leadership when I'm not in the room. Because mm-hmm. maybe maybe the leadership core of this team is doing everything right in the room behind closed doors and we can't see. And, you know, I can't speak to that. But I I don't know. that. Like, all that said, it would be nice to see one of them stepping up publicly at least yeah no that's a valid point because none of us are actually in that locker room nobody's really in the locker room anymore around the team on the ice but michael um you know lucic i was not proud of him but it was nice to hear something refreshing almost kachuk like that wasn't scripted because everything you hear from everybody else is a canned classic sports cliche no yeah it's it's kind of the thing we've gotten used to with the flames it's the same kind of guys coming up with the same kind of quotes every game and Honestly, I don't even know why they send a lot of media guys to do the interviews after the game because we know 98% of what they're going to say is the exact same stuff we hear after every loss. But um, no, I'll give Lucic a ton of credit. Like, uh, he seemed like he was engaged most of the game. He was pretty pissed off when things weren't going well. He um, he played well, and then, yeah, he said what was on his mind. And uh, I have a lot of respect for him just because even though his skill might not quite be there anymore, he and uh, I know everyone roasts him for his contract, like, he he's still giving his best effort. He's having a pretty darn good season, even by his standards. And uh, that's all I want out of this team is just just do your put some effort into it and make it seem like you care. And he seems to be one of the few guys that seems to be doing that on a more regular basis recently. Yeah, I always hate the contract argument too because it's not like if you know the Oilers came to me and said, "Hey, do you want this contract?" I would say, "You know what? My skills are slightly diminishing. I'm getting older. Let's have a lower contract just in case I don't produce." Like, you take what they give you. No one's turning down extra money. You know, that always drives me nuts when Lucic is no good his contract's bad. Well, that's not Lucic's fault. You know, that's Edmonton for giving him the money and that's the Flames for trading for him. Like, who cares, you know? That that argument always bugs me, but I I kind of like the way he's played and the fact that we've gotten to this point in the season where we're all high on Milan Lucic in the third line is kind of kind of says everything you need to know about Calgary at this point. Speaking of the third line, um, there's and it, this doesn't pertain to the third line. This could be anybody, but um, Michael and I were talking about this on the pre-pod, which to this day I still think is probably a better podcast than the actual podcast. Our pre-podcast talk is awesome. It should be its own series, but anyway, I digress. Um, there was talk last night on the post-game call-in about maybe the Flames should sit some people in the press box. Um, and I sh- I'm sure Ward has free reign to sit Levo and Nordstrom and those guys, but would, could you see him sitting anybody in that top six? Um, either of you guys can jump in and grab this, Matt. Do you want to give it a shot? Is there anybody in that top six you would you would sit in the press box for a game just to kind of little slap on the back of the head and be like, get it together? No, um, but this that's just like a phil- philosophical thing for me. I think, I don't know, I don't believe in sitting your best players in games when you need more skill to be effective. Like, I don't believe in putting a worse player on the ice just to, like, punish somebody. Like, I get the idea, but it just feels so counterintuitive to me. Um, We were just talking about this with the, uh, the Jeff Skinner thing in Buffalo. Like, you want him to score goals, so let him play. It's just... Yeah, it's, it's going to be a no from me, but I do understand the sentiment. 
Fair enough. Michael, Michael, what do you think about the potential of sitting at one of the Flames' top six players? And I, I think I know there was people were clamoring for Kachuk to be sat, which I think is ridiculous. I, I that doesn't make. It. I have my one person in that top six. I would absolutely sit, but I would like sit him on a plane and send him somewhere. So that's a whole different story, Sean Monahan. <laughs> but uh, Michael, uh, are you going Maddie's corner, or are you kind of like me, where if you sit a top six guy, doesn't that immediately just set the the apple cart on fire? It's done and it's over at that point. Yeah, for me, I'm kind of with Maddie on it in the sense that, like, I think sitting a good player has to be, like, your last resort because if you do it and it's still nothing changes, then you've just pissed off a really good player in, on your team and you still haven't gotten anything out of it. Like, I think for the Flames, they kind of have to explore all other avenues of sitting slash juggling lines before they sit one of their top guys just because, like I said, if they – they sit in Monaghan for a few games or even a game and the Flames still get killed and they still suck. And he's just going to be pissed off that he got set and the Flames are still screwed. Like there's, I don't think the benefits outweigh the drawbacks until you get to like that absolute, like this is their last possible idea on the chalkboard kind of thing. Especially if it's a guy like, we'll use his name because we mentioned him twice already, Monaghan, that you might be interested in trading somewhere. I don't think sitting him in the press box looks good. It immediately diminishes trade value if you're like, well, if that guy's not good enough to make your roster, why the heck do we want him? So I get it. I get it. You want to push forward. I also think like if you sit Matthew Kachuk, if I'm him, I'm trade me. I'm done. Get me out of here. You already told me don't be who I am. And now you're sitting me for a game. I'm out. Goodbye. Like, you know, and speaking of, goodbye and checked out uh dude sam bennett like bennett skates around the ice like he's just like a mopey kid who like got his xbox taken away and he's just not happy at all um maddie is it officially time for the flames and sam bennett to end this horrible dysfunctional relationship they have i think so yeah i mean we're getting big uh final question mark uh pierre luc dubois shift in columbus energy but just like every single shift yeah um so that's a big problem and like i feel for him to a certain extent like it's not working and i'm sure he would rather be somewhere where he could get another chance and you know you can't fault the guy for that so like i at a certain point it is time to cut your losses and i think that time has come that's fair Michael, um, is but is that a big stain on the Brad Trey Living era because he is the Flames' highest draft pick of all time? And to move on from that pick at number four, is is that a mark on the GM or is that more a mark on that draft that, you know, I mean, the Oilers scored big time. They got dry sidle at three and the Flames got Sam Bennett at four. What do you think? Yeah, I it's it's one of those things where it's definitely doesn't look great that their best player is almost definitely on his way out. But yeah, like you said, the rest of the draft, the first few picks after him were guys that didn't really, or haven't really done a ton either. And then you have to remember that at that draft, he was projected to be as high as even first or second overall. Like, I don't think anyone was mad at the pick at the time, or even in that first year, we had that little playoff run. But um, in terms of moving on from him, I think like Maddie and you are saying, it's kind of just time to do it. There's, there's really not much else you can kind of gain out of this. Like, even if those are holding, who are holding up for like, oh, Sam Bennett's the playoff guy. Like, this team's probably not even gonna make the playoffs at this point. So, when you look at where he could go after the season, it's like chances are he could either get picked up by Seattle or chances are the Flames aren't gonna qualify him. So I think we have to pay him about 
just under two and a half million dollars a year next year to keep him around as an RFA. So just it feels like there's no other real solution than to just move on from him now, get whatever you want, and hope that trade can send a few shockwaves through the team and maybe turn something around. But like at this point, I would just take whatever you can get for him and uh, hopefully the shift can do something to help get the rest of the team going because there's, there's no future for Sam Bennett with the Flames at this point. No, I completely agree. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about maybe what the Flames could do in their bottom six. And Jack Eichel? Do we like Jack Eichel? We'll talk about that when we come back on the Tinderbox. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark Michael Maddie this afternoon. We just, I think we had the the beginning of the first paragraph of the eulogy for the Flames 2021 season in the first half. And on the second half, we'll try to brighten it up a little bit with some stuff. Uh, bottom six, never good when your bottom six has become like the, the hot button issue for like, this is what's going to fix the team. Because if your bottom six is the fix, then everything is pretty much done. You should probably light it on fire and move on. But um, there was a lot of talk about Zach Ronaldo coming back in and, you know, he should, why is Nordstrom still out there? And a lot of the guys being bantered around as veteran players just don't seem like they're answers to help that bottom six. I mean, we joked before, like, what's what's uh, Ronaldo going to play three, four minute shift and then take a five minute fighting major. And so he's in essence played no minutes, you know, in that game. And he hasn't done anything. He's not going to score goals. They need offense. Um is it time to scrap all those bottom guys again and maybe just go young, fly out there? Like, I don't see what Glenn Godden did to get removed from the lineup. I thought he's been playing pretty well. Um, is it time for a youth movement in that bottom six, or at least on that fourth line? Maddie, I see you shaking your head. <laughs> I am all, I'm always team play the kids, so yeah. I would love to see it. And especially, like Michael said, you know, you're probably not making the playoffs at this point, so... Why not get these kids in, let them get some reps and hope that they're, you know, more prepared to be real impact players next season when you've hopefully righted the ship. I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, the Bennett Dubé Lucic line hasn't been terrible. You know, they've been serviceable in that spot. But then again, I'm thinking, all right, your top six definitely has to be solid. And the top flames top six did not play low last night at all. Like, they had some spurts. Some guys played well. Some guys looked lost. It just wasn't it wasn't anything spectacular. Andrew Majapani, once again, one of the guys that's always 100% every game, always in the mix. But, like, like that mix of Levo, Nordstrom, Simone, uh, I mean, is, is it going to help maybe, Michael, with Derek Ryan coming back? Like, he could fill in one of those spots, you know, if, if he clears waivers and nobody picks him up today. But, um is Ryan somebody to give the unit a little punch or is that still kind of a lost cause? Yeah, I think, well, we can't put like all of the hope on Derek Ryan fixing everything. Like I think he's at least steady back there. We're going to know what we're going to get from him. He's good on the PK. Like I'm looking forward to getting him back in the lineup. I think he should give a good little boost to them. I don't think he's going to get the flame suddenly back to scoring three goals a night or anything, but 
at the very least, he should kind of get something going in the bottom six. Because, like, yeah, like you were saying, even though Lucic has been doing okay in the top six, when they're on, they play well. It's just There seems to be just a lack of that extra punch from this lineup to kind of push through that one goal a game thing they seem to be getting stuck on right now. And I don't know, Ryan is an upgrade for sure, but, like, I, I don't think he's going to fix everything pretty much is what I'm saying. Now, do you think Ryan would maybe take Bennett's place? on a line with Dubé and Lucic and move Bennett down to play with the fourth line with, you know, player X, Y, X and Y, Matty. Do you think, do you think giving Derek Ryan a spot on that third line bolsters that line a little bit and helps out Dubé at least? Uh, Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't have a real breakdown, but like <laughs> it's certainly worth a shot at this point, right? I mean, they could win some face-offs at least because it's kind of what Derek Ryan does. When he, <laughs> until he was hurt, he was the Flames' best face-off guy, which is never good when your bottom six guys are winning more face-offs than your top six guys. But, um, Michael, do you kind of like that idea? Maybe dropping Bennett down to the fourth line, just just keep crushing his poor spirit as the season goes, drop him down to the fourth with whatever parts are there, and then suit Ryan up with Dubé and Luch? Yeah, I like the idea of dropping Bennett as far down as throwing him on a plane to Stockton, even though the team plays in Calgary now. Just like that—that's where I'm at with Sam Bennett. So I, I want to get into him again. But yeah, no, I—I I think you put Ryan with Lucic. They had some good moments, I think, last year together. Like, I think you absolutely put him there. Um, the fourth line—I don't know. I—I I like to go in there. I—I I don't really care too much about who's on the fourth line at this point. If they're only going to play three minutes a game, but um. Yeah, no, I think absolutely you try Ryan, Dubé, and Lucic and see kind of what they can do together on that third line. Yeah, makes sense just to give it a little bit of punch. Now, I guess the final thing we'll talk about now is where we put on our NHL 21 video game GM hat. But obviously, Jack Eichel is not going to spend the rest of his career in Buffalo, and I don't know why you would want to. It's cold. It's far away. Yes, they have good wings, but outside of that... Buffalo was trying to rebuild, not doing a good job. It's miserable. He doesn't want to be there. I clearly don't think he's going to be traded in season. I think this will be an off season or a draft type thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. But is Jack Eichel a good fit for the Calgary Flames? Maddie, what do you think? I think Jack Eichel is a good fit for any team. He's a very good player. <laughs> Perfect. Done. Yeah, I just Sold. think you would be insane to pass that up. Like, he's so good. Yeah. I agree. He's definitely a center. Like if you if you could finally give Johnny Gaudreau a center like Jack Eichel to play next to, I mean, I think everybody's a lot happier. However, Michael, does Jack Eichel want to leave Buffalo's dumpster fire and come to Calgary's dumpster fire? Yeah, I I, I hope he does because yeah, like Maddie was saying, like he's a player you pretty much give up anything to get. I know Shane's been hard on the Jack. Jack Eichel uh, wagon recently and like yeah he, he's a guy you have to give any form of compensation for I'm pretty sure at this point he doesn't have any like kind of trade restrictions quite yet on right. his contract but yeah I'm sure he might not be thrilled to be like hey I've been traded out of Buffalo where am I going they find that he's going to Calgary where it's even uh, maybe not quite smoldering as badly as Buffalo but it's definitely like oh it's definitely lit so like I don't I, I hope he'd be the guy to fix it and I think yeah, if you're going to do it, or if you're going to make a move, like he's the guy you go for, you go on, and it doesn't matter what it costs. If you're serious about saving any chance with this core, for sure. Fair enough. Maddie, you were raising your hand. I was. Um, aren't He and Noah Hannafin are like best pals, right? So, like, 
that's an incentive. That they are totally fun. tight, which, which means the Flames would probably trade Noah Hannafin for Jack Eichel. He would be part oh. of the deal because that would be such a Flames move. Be like, oh, hey, you guys are best buddies. Well, you can see each other in the airport and wave hi because you're coming <laughs> for each other. Now, that, I guess, leads me to my next question. Michael, you said you give up anything and every Like, what do you give up for Jack Eichel? Because Jack Eichel, you know, he's not coming here for Sean Monaghan and Sam Bennett. Okay, for starters, let's just get that out of the way, Twitter. It's not happening. But are you willing to give up, say, Monaghan? Valamaki, maybe Jacob Pelletier, Dustin Wolf, um, Dubé or Manjapani. Like, wh- like a, it's gonna it's gonna take a big package to get Jack Eichel here, if if the Flames are even interested. And then the problem becomes, do you have enough to be competitive once Jack Eichel is here? So, Michael, you said you'd give up anything and everything. Um, how much are you really willing to give up? Yeah, for me, the only two guys I would not touch in a package is Gaudreau and Kachuk just because if you're bringing in Eichel you're ideally trying to save this iteration of the core they're all kind of in the same age range and everything like I think you would kind of leave them yep. but yeah other than that like yeah you definitely I think Sean Monahan would have to be the starter I know you said it wouldn't be just him but like I think Buffalo would want to center back so he'd be the starter I wouldn't have an issue with throwing in some of these prospects like uh, Pelche, Azari even a wolf, as much as it kind of stinks, and I know we're really high on all of them, like it's going to take a really good player to get the deal done, and it's going to be a deal where you have to swing for the fences with guys like that. Um, Valimaki would be tough to see go to, but again, if you're bringing in a superstar like Eichel, I think you kind of just have to do it and then fill in the holes later. And yeah, it's it's kind of suck to see like if they did make that trade, the good young players that would have to go back the other way. But yeah, like Maddie's saying, he, he's just he's too good to not pass up if he's available like you have to pretty much put whatever's out there on him the only two guys like i said i wouldn't throw a package which i don't think buffalo would really want anyways are Gaudreau and or kachuk yeah yeah that's fair because i think you need kachuk around as a leader and i think eichel paired with Gaudreau would be kind of a dream to watch it just seems like that could really reinvigorate both of them and get them moving now maddie i am fine with an eichel deal uh personally on my end i like elite talent like that isn't usually available. Um, so you have to kind of do what you have to do to get them. But like, I know you're a big Lindholm fan. Would you be okay with Lindholm going to Buffalo for Eichel? Like, cause they figure Lindholm might be one of those people they want back too, because Lindholm is a bona fide not star in the league, but he's extremely consistent and a high end offensive talent. Um, it would hurt my heart like a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I know I certainly wouldn't send both him and Monahan, just because yeah. I would be worried about what that does to your center depth overall. Yep. Um, I would do it, but it would hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but also, like, just thinking about it, if I'm Buffalo, you know, do I want more futures back? Would it be maybe, like, two firsts, some prospects, and, like, Monahan, so they have a body to plug in its center at the NHL level. I mean, if they're committed to rebuilding, would they take just like gutting your pipeline? Um, I don't know if there's an easy answer to that, but no, there isn't. That's tough too, because if you're the flames and you dump a bunch of stuff out and you're only getting one player in return, I like, I can't imagine Buffalo's going to be like, Hey, what else do you want besides Jack Eichel? You know, I feel like it's like, it's Eichel. You're going to get Eichel, but we're getting everything back. You're getting this, elite talent so you'd have to really be 
I mean, this is why I wouldn't want to be a GM because it's hard thinking about what you're going to get for, you know, what are you giving up for draft picks? What are you giving up for prospects? You know, what do you have on your NHL squad? But I guess in the end, if you're trying to score a thousand goals a season, you know, you might as well bring in a guy who can facilitate that and make it happen. Now, the, I guess the other key point in this thing is if you're working this offseason to bring him in, how much do you involve Johnny Gaudreau in this? Because Johnny Gaudreau's contract is coming up and I am not making a deal for Jack Eichel if Johnny Gaudreau is not playing in Calgary for the next five or six years. And uh, am I wrong on that? Anybody want to jump in like that? I would Michael? probably still oh, do okay, it. Maddie. You would? Okay. All right. Michael, yeah, what I about mean, you? Obviously, you'd... yeah. Yeah, I, I think you would still have to, I think you definitely have to kind of find out where Gaudreau's camp is at before you finally pull the trigger on making the Eichel trade, like see where Gaudreau is at if, he, if he's interested in re-signing at all. Like, I don't know what his friendship level is with Monaghan versus like Eichel, like bringing a bunch of, or bringing another American for the team and basically turn the flames into the team USA North or something. But Nothing wrong with no, that. I think you have to kind of, <laughs> I think just to say like to bring in Eichel would show also to Gaudreau that this team is legit and trying to win. And hopefully that would help negotiations for Gaudreau. But, I think you still have to do the trade if he's available. Like you said, there's very rarely elite talent at that level that's still young available in the NHL. Fair enough. So I think we're all on board. If Calgary could bring Jack Eichel to Calgary, they do. And I just think we all have a different scenario we want it to happen in, which means it probably won't happen at all. (laughs) But, you know, like for me, I just, the the idea of losing, if it's not Monaghan, if it's Lindholm too, and some prospects, and then, you get Eichel for one season with Gaudreau and Gaudreau's like, I'm done. I want to get out of here. And then you're stuck with Jack Eichel's like, Oh, Oh, look, here I am again. All by myself, all by my lonesome on a team trying to do something. I think you have to have one of those where currently the, I'm, you can't see it at home. I'm doing the rabbit ears, elite flames, offensive talents on the team currently with him. And maybe that is him and Kachuk. I don't know. But then again, maybe they're going to run Kachuk out of town at some point. Who knows? So, yeah, I think, I think if, you could do it. Eichel's the guy to get, but then again, this isn't Xbox and, you know, you can't just wield up some crazy trade and bring some guy in because you have to count salary cap and what, what the hit against the cap and everything else is. But you're also going to be moving on from guys like Mark Giordano, um, you know, whether it's trade or he goes to Seattle or he retires, whatever it is, that salary's freed up. If you get rid of Monaghan, you get rid of another guy, there's more salary being freed up to bring him back in. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm on board. You got to do it, but I would like them to at least have somebody here for him to pass the puck to. So, anyway, um, any any other any other uh, thoughts on that topic, or are we all pro Jack Eichel, just depending on what it takes? Um, I think that's else the gist of it. The gist of it. All right. So, so we got Flames have a couple days off to lick their wounds or become more apathetic, depending on what what you want to. Th- you know, which way they're going to take it. So um, Calgary plays Ottawa on Thursday. I don't have, honestly, the way this team's going right now, I think they could come out and win 7-1. to one. I think they could come out and lose 7-1. to one. Um, Hopefully Markstrom is back, nothing against David Riddick, but it would be nice to have the Flames get their most consistent goaltender back in the pipes. And then the Oilers on Saturday, which the way things are going right now, um, I don't feel real good about the next two games for Calgary. And 
I know that's probably not going to happen this season, but if they drop to Ottawa and they lose to Edmonton, I think you have to fire Jeff Ward. He seems like a nice guy. I don't ever want anybody to lose their job. The economy's tough. People have family lives. I get it. Mortgages, whatever. But I just don't think this team plays hockey like they want to play for Jeff Ward. Anybody else kind of feel that way? Feel free to jump right in. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. Um, I think he's kind of lost the room. Um, and when that happens, like, it's it's really hard to get that back. I mean, if you even can. So you got to do something. Michael, should Jeff Ward be fired if they lose to Ottawa and Edmonton? I think he should be fired today. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Well, I think I said that. I said if they don't win three out of four from Ottawa, he should be gone. And they win three out of four. It's not gonna happen. And I think an I think an embarrassing blowout on Saturday would. I don't know. But then again, if if Brad fires Jeff Ward, doesn't Brad have to go at some point too? Because that was his guy and his choice. So I don't. Tough Mm -hmm. times in Calgary, that's for sure. Um, Anybody have anything else they want to add before we end on that high note? Um, I, um, I have one quick thing. Yeah. Um, everybody's been buzzing about Daryl Sutter recently. I don't know if there's anything like at all behind it, but everyone's just saying, like screaming Daryl Sutter into the Twitter void right now. And uh, I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that, Mark. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a blast from the past. It's an old name coming back. I don't know how. I think this also becomes how successful is his coaching style going to be in 2021? Um, especially with this group of players here. I don't know. I mean, those were the glory days. So, <laughs> But it's been a long time since the glory days. I I think you'd really have to kick the can on it and really sit down and see what's your plan? What are you running for a system? This is what we have. What do you want here? I think, but also he wasn't, outside of Mika, you know, I don't know how, do you want to give him full control of everything with player personnel or you just want him running X's and O's? Yeah, you know. it's for me at least. It's kind of difficult to see like exactly how he fit in. But I, I remember, I think it was a few years ago, the Oilers hired Ken Hitchcock for like half a season. And uh, I don't. I think it'd be fun just to hire Sutter just to watch him beat a work ethic into the guy guys for the last like thirty games of the year, and then he can fade back off into retirement. Just uh, if they make if they go on a run with him, that's great. But if not, I think it'd be hilarious to just watch him kind of beat these Maybe. guys up a bit and hopefully at least get them trying again. Yeah. Make watch him make them cry on the bench. Just that face he makes on the bench, like I smelled a fart the whole game on the bench. Matt, do you have an opinion of that, or you want to throw out what you were going to talk about? Um, I I don't really have an opinion on that. No, I was just going to say, um, to your point about if uh, Trilliving fires Ward, does that mean he's out the door soon? Um, I think if he does fire Ward, that's kind of a self-preservation move. Fair enough. Um. And I think it is a big thing to recognize that your guy is not doing what he's supposed to and pulling the trigger on a move. Um, So I I would be more concerned if he stayed wedded to him and just refused to, to let him go. That's a fair point. I I like that angle. That's that makes sense because you like be like, Hey, I I admit it. I screwed this one up. Let's cut bait. Let's try to find something better as opposed to being like, you know, the dog meme, this is fine. You know, sitting there with your cup of coffee while the kitchen's burning down around you, which is kind of what's happening right now. So, point taken. Well done, Maddie. Nice one. High five. Through the computer. All right. 
That's going to wrap up this episode of The Tinderbox. If you enjoyed this podcast, look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or iTunes. Just search up The Tinderbox or Matchsticks and Gasoline or look up Calgary Flames under podcasts and you will find us there. You can find us on the web at www.matchsticksandgasoline.com. You can find us on Twitter at MatchsticksCGY and on the old Facebook at MatchsticksAndGasoline. No games for a couple days, which is nice. You all get to take a breather and we don't get to be angry or sad or whatever gets you through the days when the Flames play. Calgary's next game will be coming to you Thursday against the Senators, and then they play again on Saturday against the Oilers. Michael and Maddie, thank you for once again providing wonderful content to this great podcast. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Tinderbox.